Hello, and welcome to the Promenade Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Reyes. So when this episode drops on April 8th, I will be in Chicago for Star Trek Mission Chicago at McCormick Place. Now, for those of you that can't be at Mission Chicago or haven't been to a con recently, hopefully this will help with the withdrawals you may have had. This is when I went to Fan Expo in Dallas back in September of 2021. Now we're going to go to Pass Robert as he introduces the episode. Hello, and we're coming to you recorded on WAVE, converted to MP3 file from the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in beautiful, lovely downtown Dallas, Texas. Today is Sunday, and because of of everything, it was crazy yesterday being Saturday, and Friday was really the preview day. Going to give you some thoughts. We're going to wander around. We're going to do the things we normally do that my listeners, yes, listeners plural, expect, expect when I go to a convention. So they've, it's been well attended. Yesterday was, I'm not going to say wall-to-wall people, but there were a lot of people here. Yes, the convention center per city of Dallas is requiring everyone to wear masks. Unless you're eating. Or drinking. Or eating and drinking. Or drinking and eating. You're a panelist on a panel. Or you're the moderator of a panel. See, this lady gets it. <laughs> but no, they have. It's very orderly. They have hand sanitizer. They're, they're not. They're, if you don't have a mask when you enter the building, they have someone to give you a mask. So no one has an excuse to not have a mask or not wearing a mask. The way they have the convention set up, they are in essentially the bulk of everything is in Exhibit Hall D, the big main area of the halls divided off so you have the vendors room and then off to the corner you have the lounge area for the premium pass holders the vip pass holders and then the main stage they have the ancillary rooms upstairs on level e the other side of the room i think i owe larry five bucks for saying that um they they have <laughs> Oh, no, I have one. Thank you. The other side of the room, now I owe Larry 10 bucks. Um, They have the autographs, the photo ops, which, yes, they are doing the photo ops with the, the the plastic divider, which I guess it's safe to say the plastic divider is going to be here for a while based on pictures I've seen from here and also happening this weekend, Gen Con, and just ended yesterday, FanX opened up in Salt Lake City. So, yeah, I was saying, the photo ops, the autographs, all of the fan groups, the food court. As I said, it's a very well-attended convention. Um, Not gonna lie, I saw a lot of unlicensed Star Trek merch here. A lot. Friday night was the Shatner panel. Yesterday was Zachary Quinto. I was, I saw part of that. We, the, a couple of pictures from that panel are up on the Facebook page, the Instagram, and the Twitter, if you're listening to this. Um, y- yesterday was the Walter Koning panel. And today, 
about an hour or, or just ended four minutes ago was the George Takei panel. Oh my. You, you were there? Oh wait, I have somebody here at the table who was at the George Takei panel. Ma'am, can you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Karen Rinkia. I'm in from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio, where you've got five and a half championships. Yes. Half a season, half a championship. <laughs> so what was the George Takei panel like? It was really good. He was very entertaining. He talked a lot about his advocacy. He talked a lot about, you know, coming out as a young gay actor in Hollywood. He talked a lot about, uh, you know, the treat, the unfortunate treatment of Japanese Americans during World War II. And yeah, he was really, really funny. I really liked him. So. Did anyone try to trip him up with the questions? Because in Las Vegas, there's always this one person who always waits in line for the panels to, to stir up trouble and always asks about the feud between him and Shatner. Did anyone ask about that? No one asked about that. Everyone was real respectful. The only thing is, and this has been about almost the panels here, is it seems like they're on a tight schedule between the panels. And the celebrities seem they want to do more, but the organizers like keep cutting it short. So there were, so all the questions he was asked was about Star Trek and things like that. If there was anyone with a troubling question, they were, they didn't get a chance to ask. Okay. But like I said, he was really nice. He was really personable, very down to earth. He introduced his husband who was oh, there. So Brad was here. Brad is here. Brad was there. He was standing out in the corner. He was videotaping everything. So, yeah. So it was one of the panels I really wanted to see, and we rushed right over to Adam Savage to see him. Okay. Thank you. Okay, and we're back. Went to go get food because, as you know, you have to schedule meals when you go to these things, so that way you don't pass out. So we're on the lower level of the vendor's room where all of the autograph people are. So in front of me right now, we have all of the animation voice actors, specifically people that do the English dubs for animes. On the other side of that, they have more, more voice actors and some of the celebrities. So Kevin Conroy, who does Batman, Batman the Animated Series. Um, Adam Savage, and then across from them would be all the quote-unquote celebrities, you know, Shatner, Takei, Koning, um, Ron Perlman, Zachary Levi, Zachary Quinto, and then large walkway. Across from them, we have a lot of the fan groups, and taking up the most space would be all of the Star Wars fan groups under the umbrella of the 501st Legion. So to give you an idea of what I've been seeing oh, the last few days, it's Miss Minutes. Everything's going to be okay. Hey, Hi, can I interview someone about your group? Okay, if you can just introduce yourself. Oh, I am Ruth Guyman. Um, I'm president of the Doctor Who cosplay group. We're called DFW Cosplay Gallifrey. Uh, we have uh, historically been a cosplay group, uh, but we are starting to branch out. We are becoming more of a group just for Doctor Who fans in general. Um, so if you do have an interest, come find us. We're uh, on Facebook, DFW Cosplay Gallifrey. Uh, we are welcome to all Whovians at this point. Um, 
So are there a lot of Hoovians in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? There are actually quite a lot. We have lots of people that come by very excited that they finally found their, a group of, of Hoovians. Because sometimes you don't find each other in the Vectorplex as large, but we do. We do have a lot of people come up and be oh. excited to find, find their people. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And by the way, I love the ramen. Awesome. <laughs> Would you like the spin? Well, no, I won, I won ramen. No, I already got my spin on Friday. We well, need to spin again. It's Sunday. Do you want something else? Do you want a sticker? Sure, I'll take a sticker. Go ahead. Let's see now. Do we have my favorite? Well, this is my favorite modern era doctor. Do we have the my favorite classic era yes. doctor? <laughs> you can still have a pack of Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. In case you're going to wondering what all that noise is, I'm putting the ramen that I won. They rigged that wheel. I shouldn't have run ra one ramen twice in the bag. So nobody freak out, but just to let you know, I'm not wearing a sweater today. I was wearing a sweater yesterday and Friday. I'm not today. Okay, so we're gonna try to come back to, to interview certain groups later. You can probably hear in the background what they set up this year here at Fan Expo Dallas is an area that they set up as a fat, the cosplay red carpet, which is a great idea. So then every few hours they do that so people in the cosplay can get their picture, people can take pictures of them instead of clogging up the lines in the vendors area, which is something they should uh, really try at LA Comic Con. Let you know what's been going on. We've had a lot of, a lot of Scarlet Witches, a lot of variant Lokis, Loki, a lot of My Hero Academia, which someone needs to explain to me what that is, because we should all have heroes in Academia. These are the jokes. This is what you came for. So now it's the part of the episode where I'm wandering around the vendors area, interviewing interesting vendors. This is what you came for, folks. It's either that or I start reading C7 fanfic. And I know at least one person will not like that. I'm guessing now is a bad time to ask you about, about <laughs> everything since you're painting one. No, you're fine. Okay, wait, you're so fine. here's my card. Who... Oh, okay. You have a podcast. Yes. Nice. Right. Okay, so ma'am, if you can introduce yourself. I'm Diane Myers. I'm with the Painted Turtle. So what is the Painted Turtle? We do custom uh, peg dolls painted for anything from uh, different fan bases to custom wedding designs, you name it. So we have a lot here. So we have, they run the gamut from um, Indiana Jones, Doctor Who, Star Trek, Disney, the Ninja Turtles, the Power Rangers. Marvel, DC, um, you name it, it can be done. Harry Potter is actually sold out, otherwise they'd be up here too. Well, everybody loves Harry Potter. Everybody loves Harry Potter. So where did you get the idea to do this? I actually saw it on an Etsy shop and liked it so much I thought, hey, maybe I can do it too. So what, is, what has been the response so far here at the convention? Uh, it's been fantastic. 
because we're really the only table that offers something like this. And you know, the majority of the convention stuff is the usual things you find at cons. These are all handmade, hand designed, and we can do anything they ask for. We were actually taking some custom orders for the last couple of days, and yeah, we're picking up a, today. Yeah, I see a ladybug and a cat. Yep, and we also had uh, Guy Sensei. Okay, I'm not familiar with Guy Sensei. Uh, from Naruto. And I even, the one I'm working on now is actually um, original art that the person brought in and I'm putting it onto a pic oh, for wow. them. Yeah, it's their own design. Oh, wow. Wow. So all I'm doing is putting it in peg form. And if people were interested, where would they go online to find you? Uh, we have our website, um, thepaintedturtle.com. Okay. With the hyphens in between. Um, okay. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram, and we also have a Nutsy store. Okay. Painted Turtle Art. Okay, thank you very much, Miss Myers. Thank you. Hello. I did when I was younger. Do you need to start again? <laughs> well, let me give you my card. Okay, and then you can just introduce yourself and let me know what's going on. Here at your table. My name is Janelle Murphy, and this is my husband Scott Payne's new comic book called Chaotic Flux. Um, it is a dark sci-fi action, my brain kind of book. Sorry. Um, it centers on a superhero team that gets together to rid the world of mutant abominations called the Dreadfeats. These guys are really cool. That when they consume flesh, they can then mutate on the fly, make themselves bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it is they kind of need in battle. The team consists of Sithara, who is a human-alien hybrid. She makes crystalline structures that she can use to fight with. You then have Strife, who is an AI-transforming mecha, and he can really transform into anything that he can find the parts to do. You also have an exosuit pilot, and he flies around in the Reaper. And then later you get a plant mage, a fire mage, and an eight-foot-tall warrior with a big transforming sword. So that's who makes up the team. It's a really awesome, diverse team. We have the first three issues for sale. Um, they center on Sithara. It goes into her backstory, how she's been hunted down by a group called the Order of the Purging Hand since she was a small child. They don't think aliens should be on Earth anymore, so they're trying to eradicate them. It also goes into her first battle with a Dreadfiend, and it gets the first time that the Sithara, Stripe, and Sauron all meet together. So that's what they are. We're selling them for $6.75. They're $11 for signed copies. Um, you got all three, but for today it would be $29. You get a free signature. You can also go to our website and buy them. So, so currently you can only go on the website. You, you can't go to your local comic store to buy the, buy any? We have a few. We are from the Galveston area, so we do have... I think three comic book shops down there that carry them. If any comic book shops want to carry them, we would love that. We just haven't been able to get our foot really in that door yet. Okay, so if you're listening and you want Chaotic Flux in your comic book store, talk to your guy when you see him when you get your pull list. Yes, you go to sharpedge.comics.com is our website. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. So, ma'am, if you can just introduce yourself. Oh, great. I'm Sarah Menzinga. And this is Alexis Lantern. And we are selling artwork, prints, uh, children's book, 
a YA fantasy, a steampunk fantasy, a science short story collection, science fiction short story collection, and a fantasy short story collection. Okay, so we have several children's books here. Um, let's start with the box. Sure, okay, so what the box is about is a box gets delivered to a house. The kids are super excited, but then they find out it's for dad, so they think it's gonna be lame. And then they start guessing what they would rather be inside. And then finally dad comes along and reveals what's really inside, which is a little bit nerdy and fun. <laughs> okay, and then we have... Uh... So this book here, Different, is actually our giveaway book. So okay. we're just doing a drawing printing at the, at the end of the day. And it is a book I illustrated recently this last year. The author, Heather Avis, is a disability advocate. So the book is about her daughter who has Down oh, syndrome. Okay. Yeah, and then the novels. This novel here, Shimmerdark, it's a YA fantasy novel. And it's sort of set in a Miyazaki-type world, and it's about a girl who's been stranded on a deserted island for seven years, but then everyone thinks she's dead, so when she comes back, she's lost her magical position, and she has to fight to get it back. So there's monsters, some humor, a little bit of romance, and then this Well, one... is it safe to call this a cross between Island of the Blue Dolphin, Castaway, and I'm trying to think what would be the third thing? Oh, that, that works sure, too. Yeah, so it's got a little magic, a little survival, yeah. and okay. a lot of adventure. Okay, and then you, you were talking, currently is your steampunk. Yes. Okay. So I say steampunk, it's really a little bit sort of adjacent to steampunk. It's set in a world, sort of a lot, it's flooded, a lot of boats and ships, and uh, the um, sort of a 30s vibe to it. Okay. And the story is basically a girl has to work with criminals to save her boyfriend. Okay. That sounds about right. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily a happy ending on the romance, but okay. it's a complicated romance. Now, if anyone wanted to purchase any of your books, where could they do that? So, right now here, we're at, obviously, Artist Alley A97, but usually they're available on Amazon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're Alexis Lantern. Okay. Yes. So we uh, have, am I pronouncing this right, Sapacine? Uh, Sapiens. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and it's Sapiens, and it's a collection of kind of dark science fiction short stories. So, they're all sort of interconnected. A lot of them are set in space on a colony on Jupiter's moon Europa. And I kind of picked that because, like, I taught, I teach science, I still teach science, and Europa is one of the places in our solar system that NASA thinks we're most likely to find. Um, uh, extraterrestrial life like they had it has an ocean and so I thought it was a really interesting place to have some uh, stories set and like I said a lot of the short, short stories in Sapiens are interconnected um, and this one over here is Saints and Curses um, it's a collection kind of light and dark fantasy short stories so some of them are kind of like light and funny and some are kind of more dark and serious but both they're both for adults and here at the con, they're $10 a piece or three for 25 uh, with Sarah's books as well. So Okay, but if someone were to um, look for them, available on Amazon as well? Uh, yes, the books are also available on Amazon and actually you can get the paperbacks on Barnes & Noble too. So oh, okay. if you Yeah, so if you search for my name, um, Alexis Lanchen, L-A-N-T-G-E-N, or you can search for Sapiens or Saints and Curses on either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You should be able to find the paperbacks are on both Amazon and Barnes Noble, and then the ebooks are only on Amazon. Okay, thank you very much. Here's my card. So I'm guessing you're Benjamin Wallace. I am Benjamin Wallace. Okay, sir, if you can just introduce yourself. I'm Benjamin Wallace. 
So we have a lot of books here. Yes, uh, we do. Uh, we can uh, walk through some of your books. Sure. We have a post-apocalyptic series. We've got five books in that. It's called The Duck and Cover Adventures. We've got the Shattered Alliance series, which is a space opera comedy. Uh, two books in that so far. Uh, Shattered Alliance, and then the second one is called Sending the Clones. <laughs> I have a Rise of the Robots series called Junkers. This one's kind of a Ghostbusters meets iRobot combination. When your machine finally goes on a killing spree, these are the guys you call to stop it. There's two books in that series. And then I also have the Dads vs. the World and Dads vs. Zombies series here on the table. Okay, so then who do you root for in Dads vs. Zombies? Who do you root for? Two of the three dads. Okay. <laughs> okay. Depending on which personality you match, there's always going to be one, one guy out. So now it's three rival dads from the suburbs that are uh, forced to take on the zombies. They don't get along, but they're forced to get along to find their families. And in the prequel, Dads vs. the World, we find out a little more of why they don't get along to begin with. Okay. Yeah. And then in Junkers, I have to ask, the first machine to go crazy, is it a printer? It is a Reaper, but in the history, the first machine that goes sentient and goes on a killing spree was a laundry machine that someone asked to fold a fitted sheet. <laughs> so, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think it's the only way it's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I tell people, they keep buying printers at my work that are smarter than all of us. So I say when the machines ride up, rise up, that's the first one we got to take out, because that'll be so. the leader. I think we should do a preemptive strike on the printers. Right. Like, even before they get a chance to smart off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if anyone wanted to purchase your books, are they available on Amazon? They're all available on Amazon. They're available on Audible as well. So yeah, they're, they're all out there. And you can find me at BenjaminWallaceBooks.com. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. I think another Scarlet Witch. I've seen a lot of Scarlet Witches the past three days. In various Scarlet Witchness, what does that mean, you ask? Um, either how she was in Infinity War and Endgame, um, wearing the comic book appropriate outfit in WandaVision and how she looks at the end of WandaVision. Well, who, who can, who's qualified to talk about Cthulhu Invades Oz? Okay, so if you can introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Chuck Pino. I'm the, uh, one of the writers and one of the editors for Cthulhu Invades Oz. Okay, first question, why? <laughs> I, I mean, because you came right up to me and you saw it right away. That's why. That thing, I never have to tell you about that book. As soon as you see it, you know exactly what's going on. So I guess, fair question, who do you root for, Cthulhu or the Wicked Witch of the West? I mean, the great thing about this one is you get to root for both. <laughs> so is it just, is it, is it all Oz-related things? So all the Frank L. Baum books, the 39 movie, the 86 sequel, the um, prequel that we don't talk about? <laughs> all of them. TikTok is in there, everybody. Yep, yep. They, I mean, it was amazing because, like, TikTok, I don't know much about characters like that, and yet the stories were done so well that it made me enjoy them and fall in love with them. And, I mean, to do that in between four and six pages is just insanity. So, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant book, honestly. I love it. So if someone wanted to buy Cthulhu Invades Odds, where could they do that? Well, um, I mean, of course you could have come here, but you missed out. So uh, you could go to, uh, you can find Orange Cone uh, Comics online and you can check it out on there. I believe also it's on Amazon. Okay. And then any other um, of the comics we have out here, anyone, any, 
other one you'd like to promote? I would love to tell you about Belial. Okay, what is Belial about? Belial is a hell action comedy, and it is about the original creator of hell who's trying to take his domain back from Lucifer and the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So helping him, does he have the other Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse help him? No, man. He does this all on his own. Very much so. Okay, and then they also this would be off your website or Amazon? Yeah, you can actually find this on um, uh, facebook.com slash bonfirepress, and you can go find us there, and we can get you any of our books. Okay. All right, thank you very much. If I can just interview you about what you've got here at the table. Okay, sir, if you can introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, we're For No Resin. Basically, uh, we make things for no reason. It's all art-based uh, epoxy. Uh, we do uh, All of our stuff is custom designed, so we do all our stuff uh, based off of her creativity and what she decides to do for that day or that month or whatever else have you. So all of our stuff is very unique, and we like to keep it not only uh, functional, but also art. Well, what drew my attention Friday was you're actually selling ashtrays. Because I live in California. It's 2021. Yeah. Nobody and yeah, I know. It's like if you think about it, it's they find you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we definitely uh, we sell things that are like I said, functional art. We don't tell you how to use it. It may look like an ashtray, it may act like an ashtray, but you can do whatever you want with it. It's not our not our, uh, our our objective to tell you how to use the piece itself. So if you want to use it as an ashtray for smoking, whatever you want, that's totally fine. That's your that's your thing. But otherwise, you could use it as a key holder or a ring dish or even just a decorative piece. That's something that we like to make sure that you know everyone understands. It's not just about the mold itself, but rather what you personally see it as a piece of art. Like all art, it's up to interpretation. Now, if someone wanted to purchase, where would they go online? They would go to www.fornoresin.com. You can also contact us on Instagram, fornoresin as well. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much, we appreciate it. Thank you. So who would like to talk about um, our Millennial Bunny? I don't even know it's a Well, I, I was here on Friday. Yeah. Okay, ma'am, you can introduce yourself. I'm Claire Scheckinger. I'm the creator of Sonny the Apathetic Bunny. Are you sure he's apathetic? Yes. <laughs> okay, where did you get the idea for an apathetic bunny? Uh, I spent a lot of time living in Japan and I saw Hello Kitty everywhere and after a while you get a little sick of seeing Hello Kitty's happy face. So I created what was essentially Go Away Bunny <laughs> at like 3 in the morning. <laughs> So go away, Bunny, not to be confused with that brief period in the 2000s with Happy Bunny. Not at all, not at all. This is a completely different bunny. Okay. So he's apathetic, so what, what does he like to do for fun? He likes eating, and he likes being on his phone. <laughs> and that's about it. I don't blame him. <laughs> now, if anyone wanted to purchase any of this online, how could they do that? They could go to our Etsy store at Partly Sunny Studios. Say we have plushies, we have shirts, and what else do we have? We have keychains, masks. I, I, I want a mask on Friday. That's right. That's right, you want a mask. Yeah. But we have, okay. definitely check out our Etsy. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. So Buddy the Elf is running by. Um, now a bad time to let all of you know I've never seen Elf. Okay, so we're going to make our way back down. Oh, golly. Um, we're going to make our way back down to the lower 
show floor because I think the red carpet is finally done for the day. There were a couple of people right next to the red carpet that I wanted to interview about their groups, but they decided at 3 p.m. we're gonna do the last red carpet of the day. Hello. Hi, is it possible to interview someone about your group? Yes, it was one, two, three, four, five. It was a California plate. Those California people. Hey, I take offense to that. I've got family in California, sorry. Okay. So ma'am, if you can introduce yourself and let me know what group this is. Sure, I am Lady Stefania Pane. I am the hospitaler for the Barony of the Steps in the Kingdom of Anstiora. Okay. Now, just to clarify, because I asked this on Friday, so we're getting it on the record. This this is has nothing to do with Ren Fair stuff, correct? That is correct. We have nothing to do with the Ren Fairs. We are an SCA Barony. We are history enthusiasts who have looked through our history books and gone, I want to do that. And so we have. And when you say that, what is that? So we have arts and sciences, we have combat, we have woodworking, we have apothecaries, anything that they did, arts and science and combat wise, pre-1650, we want to do. Music. And music. Yeah, but they hadn't figured out the, the third of the chord yet. Yes, they had by that point. The gap, wait, what year What year are you guys again? Pre-1650. Yeah, the Gabrielli brothers didn't find that till like 16-something. Depends on who you talk to. I've got uh, a degree in music. Okay, well, I defer to you because I was told <laughs> that by Dr. Anthony Mazzafaro, who's proud of his Italian heritage. You're talking to a Sicilian. We never go when death is on the line against a Sicilian. So wait, wait, gonna be a shot in the dark. UT? UNT. Go Eagles. Yes! You were probably there when they changed the radio station from KNTS to... KNTU. Well, but before they caught that. <laughs> yes, I know which one you're talking about. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> and ironically, for those of you wondering, it's a jazz station. Yes, it is very much a jazz station. So... But yes, I, uh, I have my degree in music education from UNT, so, okay. so yeah, you've got all kinds, you have fighters, you have musicians, you have people that do embroidery and amazing cooking, we, we come from all walks of life, so. Now, if someone wanted to join the group, how would they do that? Show up to practice. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are worldwide, so you don't even have to be local to DFW. What they would do is they would go online to welcome.sca.org. S is in Sierra, C is in Charlie, A is in Alpha.org. Okay. Thank you. And they have groups that are all over, including the Navy. We have a barony on an aircraft carrier. We also have a shire, so you have different levels of groups, depending on the number of people in them. Okay. Within each area that you're going to be in throughout the country. The group has a seneschal, which is the person that actually interacts with the community, does contract signing, that sort of stuff. 
We have night marshals that help people get into the fighting aspect of it. You have guilds of leather workers, of cooks, of people that are doing dance, music, um, the arts and sciences like embroidery and um, needlepoint, all sorts of things. And what we're doing is just recreating that because we enjoy it. Okay. And it's like if you see something and you go, wow, that was kind of cool. And then you can't buy one, so you end up learning how to make one yourself. The big thing that differentiates us when somebody goes to, like, say, a Ren Fair experience, they may think it's really nice to be at the Ren Fair, and they have all this stuff around them, but they get charged for the air that you breathe while you're there. And here, we're all about education, and we want to share our obsession with you. So basically, if you come in and you go, hey, you know, I like leatherworking. If you ask somebody at Renfair, they're going to go, well, yeah, but I sell leatherworking. Do you want to buy something or not? Yeah. But if you say, hey, I like leatherworking, we're going to say, what kind? What do you want to do? I don't know how to do that, but I know how to do this. Would you like to learn how to do this? We're about teaching people how to recreate history for their own amusement and for the enjoyment of others. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so ma'am, if you can introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Stephanie Rose from Desert Rose Cosplay. And I am here with my supernatural car, Bella. And it's a very unique supernatural car. If you can tell us why it's unique. It is. So it's actually the only fan-owned, fan-built supernatural car that is screen-used, meaning it was on the show. It was in season nine, um, the Bloodlines episode. It was meant to be a backdoor pilot to a new series that they were trying to introduce, but it ended up not going into production, like so many things do. Um, but it was still a really cool experience because I got to take it to Chicago and get to see it be used on the show. You know, Jensen and Jared drove it down, down. Uh, what is that main drag in Chicago? Um, uh, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Michigan Avenue. Michigan Avenue, yeah. Got some really cool pictures of it. So, yeah, it was a good time. Well, how did the producers know to contact you? Okay, that's actually a funny story. Um, I had posted some photos. I was working at a restaurant at the time while I was, you know, saving money to finish restoring it. And during the process, we documented it, and I took a lot of photos with it, especially a lot of, like, bikini pictures and things like that. Um, and so whenever, you know, cut to a couple years later, there were a lot of photos on the Internet of Supernatural cars, fan replicas were starting to pop up finally yeah. at that point. Um, I was probably, like, the second or third one that was completely done at that time. But there were a lot of photos of me on the Internet because I, I have a lot of social media presence. And so whenever they were looking for a fan-used car to use on the show, they started combing through, looking at, you know, the details and everything. And one of the producers, uh, Jim Michaels, who is like a notorious ladies man, he likes to flirt, he's a nice guy, he's married, but he's just like a fun, you know, flirtatious kind yeah. of personality. Very captivating guy. He started looking around and it was between mine and another car that was finished, and which we were also some friends of mine. Um, and when it came down to it, he started circulating photos of, you know, the cars. One of the photos he printed out was me in a bikini next to the car. <laughs> and so everybody in the office said, oh yeah, let's, let's go with that one. <laughs> and it was just kind of a funny story that whenever I found out that that was how it happened, I'm like, well, at least it worked for something. <laughs> And you take um, you and you take this card. I saw you at LA Comic Con in the before times. Yeah, it was definitely uh, you know before before the plague. Um, but I, I travel all over with it. I've done you know shows all the way from New York to California to Florida, like everywhere really in between. Uh, and you know since COVID, it's been a little bit slower. We're just finally getting back into it, um, trying to keep everything safe and you know more 
small and contained, but but it's been great. I mean, we just kind of sanitize everything in between each person and still able to offer the same experience though. So ultimately that's been nice and a lot of people have been very excited about that. So were you saddened when Supernatural finally came to an end? I was, it was bittersweet. You know, I mean, I was, I was glad that it was ending on a high note rather than getting canceled if it kept going. But I definitely wasn't 100% satisfied with the ending because I know that they had to change it because of filming during COVID. Um, so I, I, although I know that eventually they are planning to release the original script ending, how they wanted to do it, and I'm looking forward to reading that. I'm hoping that that kind of meets some of the things that I was, you know, some of the points that they didn't really hit for me on, on the ending. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That was Fan Expo Dallas 2021. So, as I said, next week, starting next week, we're going to be doing our Mission Chicago episodes. And until then, you can follow the show on Stitcher, Pocket Cast, however you get your podcasts. That You can email the show. It's promenadepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Reddit. So next week will be Mission Chicago Day One. We'll see you then.